the share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show, coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. And you can dance if you want to. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an you'll you you won't get it. It is a before the camera started rolling thing. And it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we all talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. And guys, it's Friday. Congratulations for making it through to the end of another week. May you have a wonderful weekend filled with fun and relaxation, prepping you for another week of triumph and victory next week, sitting right beside me. Speaking of triumph and victory, he's got Dota Season 3 out on Netflix right now. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how you doing? John, I'm really depressed. Oh, dear. Don't and it's bad. Dare. I came in here. I wanted to hear one Don't thing. Don't you dare. Oh, I wanted I to hear Ray Ora Don't you waxing dare. rhapsodic about the season finale of For All Mankind. And he forgot to watch Aww. it. I texted him. I text him. I said, Ray, it's live. And what did he say? He said he blocked me. <laughs> yeah. Unsubscribe. I think the whole group had you blocked. Not really sure. Just uh, just the secret's out now. Oh, I'm sitting right beside Rob. Not so disappointed. Yeah. It's Chris Carr. Always Chris, happy. how you doing? I'm great. I'd never block you, baby. Thanks. Well, you we're married. Yeah. It'd be very inconvenient. <laughs> you know, Logan's blocking, though. <laughs> Logan's blocking me. Over there, joining you guys in the live chat today. Ray Aura, the source of everybody's uh, disappointment. Ray, how you doing today? I cannot believe I missed the finale. Well, you I didn't cannot. miss it. It is still there. It's still there. Yeah, you can still watch it. Yeah, okay. And right beside him, running the show today, producer Jonathan Voico. Hey, everybody. See, I don't get in trouble with Rob because I don't get into things like For All Mankind, and he doesn't have high expectations for me. See, when you have no expectations, you can't disappoint somebody. That isn't true. He is a crack producer, and I expect him to bring his great stylings to the production of this show. Well, I do do that. Yeah. Well, speaking of this show, we do have a show for you today. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter one, not a ton of news, so we're going to leave a little bit of extra time for your live comments and questions today. But here is how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you got live comment question or topic you would like us to talk about wait number one you got to be watching live number two wait till we get to the end of the main topics we'll announce that we're opening up the super chats and that will be your cue to fire those comments and questions in and we'll read them off in the second half of the show a little bit of housekeeping want to remind you guys that if you need your daily fix of the john campion show but you can't be in front of a youtube video maybe you're jogging or you're commuting or whatever good news there's an audio only version of the show simply and creatively called the John Campia Show Podcast. Just go and find it on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Look at all those five stars. Hit, submit, <laughs> like, uh, subscribe to it. So that show will be there when you need it. Jogging? Okay, <laughs> jogging? What? Soft J? Jogging? <laughs> jogging? I think they call it jogging. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into an off-the-top here, shall we? And that off-the-top is this. 
Contrary to Rob's belief, there is a movie coming <laughs> called Madam Web. That is, again, a part of the Sony Spider-Man less universe uh that of course has venom venom to uh you know all that kind of stuff craven by the way i i for some reason in the back of my head i had that craven's coming out in like a year and a half it's coming out in like five months oh yeah like i b- believe it comes out in Jan- ray you can can you double yeah. check that but i think craven comes out in january so which we are sneaking okay. up on pretty quick and actually after seeing um bullet train with aaron taylor johnson in that i'm actually a little bit more excited to see him as craven now but uh, that aside <laughs> Madam Web is, of course, one of them. Now, a number of weeks ago, we talked about the fact that Adam Scott, of course, from Severance, but for me, he will always be from Parks and Recreation. I love mm-hmm. him in Parks and Rec. January 13th. January 13th, Dang. 2023? Yeah. 2023 is like five months away. <laughs> it's coming. So he had joined the cast of Madam Web. And now, thanks to the interwebs, mm-hmm. the first on-set pictures of him are available and Dakota Johnson. So do you got those images there, Jonathan, that I sent over to you? So clearly, um, Ben, I keep wanting to call him Ben Wyatt. Sorry. (laughs) Clearly Adam Scott, he played Ben Wyatt on uh, Parks and Rec. Adam Scott and Dakota Johnson are playing paramedics. And it looks like they're at the scene of something. If you want to go switch over to that other picture of Dakota. Sure. So there's an image here of Dakota as well. Now here's what's interesting to me. I look at that car and what is is this a time is this a oh, period that's piece 80s for sure that yeah. car right now that just because that car is an early 80s car that doesn't necessarily mean the movie takes place in that time frame i mean it, it could be that's just an old car i mean i just don't know so the tangibilization rob adam scott's there they're shooting the movie it's a real thing there is one other thing i should mention the car's upside down that the car's <laughs> upside down which automatically means that this is connected to the stranger things universe but That'll, that'll be for another uh, random theory next time. I There is a rumor going around that, uh, let's call him Ben Wyatt again, that Adam Scott is going to be playing Ben Parker, or a.k.a. Uncle Ben. And that uh, Roberts is going to be playing May Parker, or Mary Parker, Emma Roberts. Oh. That's adorable. Now... <laughs> I now we I think when we first talked about this if, like a number of weeks ago we mentioned that there was a whisper that that uh, Adam Scott could be playing a younger version of Uncle Ben we mentioned that a few weeks ago um, but when I saw this being reported I, I did what all film fans should do I started tra- who are all these people saying they're hearing it from and this doesn't discredit it all right let me be, let me be clear it doesn't discredit it but I tracked back where it was all coming from and it's coming from a really small rather obscure site not a bad site not saying it's not not at all i'm just saying it's a rather small site that had like 90 followers on instagram or something like that and that's where the 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 dominant rumor if you see the headlines going around that adam scott rumored to play ben that's it's actually not coming from that website it's actually coming from this small site that somebody saw and decided to run stories about it now listen again you guys saw like we kind of wondered if if he might be uncle ben ourselves so i'm not saying it's not true Mm. but i'm just saying if you see this rumor going around today, keep it with the grain of salt in the back of your head that everybody's getting it from the same place, which is this smaller site, which again, does not automatically discredit it, but just something to keep in mind. Anyway, Rob, you had a chance to see the pictures. Uh, this is clearly a real movie. That's a uh, really being shot. Uh, what do you think about it? Well, Dakota Johnson looks great as a paramedic. 
I mean, I'll say that, or fire services. Or Dakota whatever. Johnson could look great picking up garbage. Uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, but I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, if this does take place, like, in the 80s or something, I, I like the idea that maybe we're going to see the courtship of Aunt uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt May or something like that. I mean, I don't know. Or maybe they're already married. Maybe they're already married. Some uh, and I, it, it, it or gives it, as is ninety percent chance they're not Ben and at all. May Parker yes. at all in the first place. But I do like the fact that, I, as you know, I've I've been dubious about this movie. The way, not quite the way you are about the Flash. Yeah, that's fair. I just keep forgetting this movie exists. And <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of I, I'm curious to find out, John. How does this movie fit into the Spider Verse, and why did they decide to make this movie? Yeah. And maybe it has a, a really interesting generational story to it. I don't know. I mean, Madam Webb has been portrayed as an old woman in the comics and somebody younger and with different powers to open doorways to places that other people can't go. So I'm I'm curious. I mean, I knowing that this is getting made now, I just I'm now more curious than anything else. What are they going to do with this movie? What's it going to be? You know, so, what the, here's the funny thing about that. You bring up like, why make this movie? Yeah. Oddly enough. And this could be misplaced optimism, absolutely. Oddly enough, that actually gives me a little bit more hope for it because, like, okay, if DC makes their next movie a Superman movie, well, that's obvious. You make a Superman movie. But you're right. A Madam Web movie doesn't make a lot of traditional sense. Right. Right? Like, nobody knows this character. Is this, well, like, Venom, yeah. Every Even non-comic book fans know about Venom. They don't know much about him, but they know who he is. This one doesn't make much sense. So the only thing I'm left with is somebody must have come in the, the office with a banger idea. Yeah. Like with a really good pitch. Again, that might just be misplaced optimism, but that's kind of one thing that comes to my mind. They certainly have attracted a really good cast. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Chris, you're seeing this. What do you think about the images and where are your thoughts on Madam Web right now? I'm just interested to know which Madam Web she is because mm. there's Cassandra Web and then Julia Carpenter eventually becomes a Madam Web too, neither of which have... Uh, paramedic experience the rumors are um, both of them are going to be in it that's oh. the rumor is that both characters there's even there's rumors that spider girl and spider woman will both be in it okay uh that the two different iterations of madam web will be in it being played by two different actresses yeah. so i mean it's again okay. these are just rumors that are 90 percent probably literally more everyone but spider-man everyone but Spider-Man. everybody but yeah. spider-man because that one seems more likely in just that you have like the whole like being part of an athletic study and then taking on a superhero thing and then becoming madam web that makes more sense to me from a like film perspective as opposed to just having Madame Wem be a tertiary character who deals with Peter. Um, as far as the the Ben and May thing goes though, that's a 19 year age gap between Roberts and Adam Scott. And while Adam Scott is a dreamboat, that's that's a sizable age yeah, difference but what between was those the, what two. What was the age difference between Laura Dern and uh Sam Neill. Sam Neill. I mean, it's nothing new in Hollywood. Yeah, it would be nothing new. That's, you know, very common. But that is something I go, I don't know if that's going to be, who's going to be partnered up in this. Hmm. Uh, Can we bring up that picture one more time? Uh, The one of of, uh, Adam Scott. This is like, all I, when I look at this, this is how Parks and Rec centric I am. I just, the first time I saw this, I pictured him pitching her the idea of Ice Town. <laughs> that's just, that's the only thing that goes through my head on you this. You forgot only... the point of the game, the cones. <laughs> so it's the cones of Dunshire. You gather enough research, like only Parks and Rec fans will get any of this. So we should probably move on. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? Madam Web is off and running. We've got. Uh, I keep wanting to say Ben. We still have Adam Scott pictures in there. Dakota, there are EMTs, all the different rumors going around. 
Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here in the show? Well, that's simple. You guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Mikey. Hi, John and crew. I just read an article by Variety that said WBD still haven't given the Batman 2 the green light. It might have something to do with interfering with their 10-year plan, or they might think it'll confuse audiences with all the Batman variations on screen. I was a massive fan of the Batman, so I really hope the sequel does eventually get a green light. What are your thoughts? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Mikey. And yeah, yesterday, uh, I saw in my newsfeed a whole bunch of headlines from a bunch of outlets, Batman 2 not greenlit. Batman 2, not given the go-ahead yet. Batman 2 may not happen, and all this kind of stuff. And then, of course, with that headline, that broken telephones into, it's the next one that Zaslav is going to chop because the axe of Zaslav is thirsty and sharp and all that kind of stuff. He loves chopping highly successful franchises. Yes, he loves taking super (laughs) successful things and just cutting them down to size. Not so big now, are you, they say. So (laughs) here's, here's the thing. So I started reading through it, and and yes, it is factually true that The Batman 2, Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves' Batman 2, has not officially been greenlit, but there's a giant asterisk beside that. We'll get to that in a second. This comes to us from the folks over at The Direct who write the following. Variety reported that a sequel to The Batman has still yet to receive an official greenlight from Warner Brothers. Discovery amid going, ongoing shakeups and strategy shifts internal to the studio. The project is still currently in development under the Batman writer and director Matt Reeves, but the lack of movement means that any follow-up film will still be several years away. Prior reports suggesting that a trilogy for Robert Pattinson's take on The Dark Knight was all but settled following the first movie's critical and box office success, but it's still up in the air whether DC will bite the bullet. All right. And again, that's direct coming off that story. Who, again... The writer just mentioned the movie hadn't been given a green light yet. All right. We were at CinemaCon. And a part of CinemaCon in Las Vegas, when Warner Brothers did their big presentation, Studio Head came out on stage, had Matt Reeves come out on stage with them, and they both proclaimed The Batman 2. The Batman made $770 million dollars at the box office. One of the best Batman stories ever put to film. Uh, Pattinson was great. The Riddler was fantastic. I mean, the movie was great. Uh, still stands as my probably second favorite movie of the year, uh, The Batman. It's it's fantastic. And at CinemaCon, they all stood on stage doing it. Well, then, John, how come they say they haven't greenlit it? Because of this. There's still no script. Matt Reeves is still writing the script. And while Warner Brothers Discovery has every intention of doing the Batman 2, make no mistake about it, they have every intention of doing it, the green light doesn't officially get given until the script's done. I mean, they have things in development. They're already putting up money for Matt Reeves to develop. I mean, money's already being spent. But there's no script yet. It's not done. That's when it gets the official green light, and that's when they open up the next level of financing for it and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, it's true. 
The Batman has not, the Batman 2 has not officially been given the green light yet, but it is absolutely happening. And this is really just standard operating procedure. Anyway, Rob, you saw the, all this. You have more experience on this stuff than I do with the background work in the studios as a producer and all that kind of stuff. How do you address it? You, you said it perfectly. I mean, when you're when a movie is in development, it's in development. A green light is is a, moving a movie into actual physical production or pre-production, as it were. But that's you just said the the spigot is turned on. People are hired. Money is being spent. That's what a green light does for you. It's like oh, okay. Literally, imagine your car sitting at a green light, a red light, waiting for the green red light to turn green. You put your feet on the ga uh, gas or your foot on the gas and you drive forward and get to where you're going. That's kind of exactly what happens when the studio gives you a green light. You have your car, which is the script. You have your budget. You have your schedule. You have everything you need to know about how this movie is going to get made. And another part of a green light is the budget. You yes. Know, so yeah. The, the budget's got to be submitted as well. And the budget. And they've, they've, it's approved. And once all these items are approved, then you get your green light. And usually I would say it's also cast by then too. That's part of it. But yeah, and like you said, the script's getting written. Like, you know, and, and it might take a year to write a good Batman script. So I, I And again, more importantly, the head of the studio stood on a stage in front of us and said, We're doing Batman two, put a big yeah. the Batman two graphic up on the screen <laughs> right. with Matt Reeves on stage beside him. This is happening, Chris. I was so confused when I got this story of, <laughs> no, they, we heard him. We saw with our eyes the people and what? What is happening? I felt like I was going crazy. And my esteemed colleague put it so well. This is all being written. This is all in a process. Yeah. Yes. Like you can't green light something that doesn't exist yet. So Except the flash. <laughs> now, Divorce. Now, now <laughs> obviously... Uh, things could happen. Matt Reeves could be arrested tomorrow for murder. Right. Uh, Robert Pattinson. He probably still would get it made in this yeah. climate. Robert Pattinson, we could find out, is actually a teenage vampire. I mean, <laughs> we, I, I don't, like something could happen that would, could derail it, sure. But I mean, as of right now, don't worry about it. If you were at all, even the minor, the smallest bit worried that the Batman was going to happen, don't. It, it's absolutely coming. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? Did you like the Batman? I thought it was brilliant. I mean, my number one film of the year is still everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, but yeah. Batman's a strong second to me. How do you feel about this? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. Before we move on, we want to take a second here and thank one of the sponsors of today's video, the people responsible for giving me the most comfortable and best night's sleep of my life. That's not even hyperbole. The good folks over at Helix. Guys, we want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this video, Helix Sleep. Guys, let me tell you, just a couple of days ago, Ann and I received our Helix mattress, and it is the best mattress we have ever slept on in our entire lives. We had like this $3,000 specialized mattress that we got like five, six years ago, and we liked it very much, but this one completely outdoes it. It's night and day. And you can get matched with your perfect mattress too. See, Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just like a minute to complete and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way that you sleep. I hopped online, took the Helix quiz, and Anna and I were matched with the perfect mattress for us. And it is so easy to set up. Simply take it out of the box, get it positioned on your mattress, take off the plastic, and then give it an hour to to breathe to reach its full size and you will not believe how comfortable this thing is. All you got to do is go to helixsleep.com slash campia. T 
take their 60-second sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And it's risk-free. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. And here's the best part. Helix is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Helix for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. And Ray, you said you had something? Um, v just gifted five John Campia memberships. Oh, thank you. So, Didn't thank he you, also v. give five like yesterday as well? Yep. That's hugely generous of you, man. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay. With that down, guys, uh, let's get into a little bit of housekeeping here. We'll, we'll get to our, our final main topic in just a second, but I wanted to uh, give you guys some updates on the John Campy Show. Don't often do this on the main show, but last night we had, speaking of memberships, uh, we did a town hall meeting with our channel members last night where I let, I let them be the first ones to find out about some uh, changes coming around to the John Campia show. And I thought we would take a minute here where I would now tell you our, our regular audience about some of the things upcoming around the channel, some of the minor changes that are coming along, some of the programming we're going to be doing. And uh, I want you guys to hear it from me. So I thought we would take a second here and talk about some of the upcoming stuff coming to the channel. So let's go over to the Campia classroom for a second here, shall we? Okay, so first thing to announce, I got seven announcements, right? Mm -hmm. Seven announcements. Nothing earth-shattering with seven announcements. Number one, a lot of people have been wondering about Movie Club. Movie Club, as we did mention before, is no longer a weekly show, but we're going to do it roughly once a month or so. Roughly once a month or so. And the next installment of Movie Club is coming this coming Tuesday, and the movie we are going to cover, since Tom Cruise is on top of the world right now, we're going to talk about one of his best movies, frankly, Edge of Tomorrow. So for you guys who've been wanting and asking about a uh, uh, the next installment of Movie Club, Movie Club returns next Tuesday, and the movie we're covering and talking about is Edge of Tomorrow. So you got a few days here to get caught up, go back, watch Edge of Tomorrow again, and come back ready for the discussion. All right, so that's announcement number one, Movie Club returns on Tuesday. Now for announcement number two. And our second announcement is, we are making some changes here, and we're leaning more into live. And one of those things is that starting next week, there is going to be two live shows every day. There's obviously going to be the John Campia show in the morning, or at least for us in Los Angeles, it's in the morning. For some of you guys on the East Coast, it's in the afternoon. But we're going to have the John Campia show in the morning first, and then some form of live show in the second part of the day. And, you know, one of those live shows, for example, will be Movie Club. So on Tuesday, we're going to have the live John Campia show, and then we're going to have Movie Club on Tuesday. So every day starting next week, there are going to be two live shows Monday through Friday. Well, what are those shows going to be? Well, we'll talk about those in the upcoming announcements. So announcement number one, Movie Club returns. Announcement number two, starting next week, there will be two live shows every day. Announcement number three, mailbag is no more. Rob announced this the other day. I announced it as well that we have okay. discontinued mailbag. <laughs> mailbag has gotten the axes as lap. It, it's gone. <laughs> and it is being replaced, though, with open mic. Uh, some of you guys will remember open mics, what we used to do. Open mic is really simple. It's just a, a live stream where for people who 
live in different time zones or can't be a part of the John Campy show live, we do open mic a little bit later in the day as a live stream. So people who want to participate in a live stream can, and it's just going to be, it's a very simple show. It's like mailbag. It's just taking your comments and questions, but we take them through you guys sending them in live so you can watch the show live. So here's when open mic will be open. mic will be any day that we don't have another live show going in the afternoon. So for instance, there won't be an open mic next Tuesday because we've got movie club, but there will be an open mic on Monday. So the first open mic is going to be on Monday. And for the most part, whereas I or Rob would generally do mailbag solo open mic is going to have two hosts. So a little bit more conversational, a little bit more fun looking forward to that. So yes, uh, mailbag mailbag is being replaced with open mic and that returns again, starting on Monday. Can we drink? And we can drink. Oh, nice. I mean, I don't drink. <laughs> I was say, you, you can, can drink have if you all want the ZV you want, and Rob and I will have so much gin. <laughs> so much gin left that over bottle. for everybody. I got my eye on that. Yeah, so I don't drink, but I, I'm here. the one who keeps this bottle right here on my desk. All right, so <laughs> announcement number one, Movie Club Returns. Announcement number two, we're going to have two live shows every day starting on Monday. Announcement number three, one of those shows is going to be open mic. So some, some weeks there'll be one episode of open mic. Some weeks there might be four episodes of open mic. All right, let's get on to announcement number four. We are leaning more into after shows. Now, of course, we've been doing after shows, right? We've done Ms. Marvel and we've done Obi-Wan and, and stuff like that. And we've done The Boys. The next couple of months are going to be heavy because we've got She-Hulk, Andor, Lord of the Rings, and Game of Thrones all in the next couple of months going up. But here's where it really gets key. We are not only doing the post-game after shows, we are going to do pre-game shows as well. Where so now we won't necessarily do a pregame for every single episode of every single show, but we'll at least start every show with a pregame. So this coming Wednesday, next Wednesday, we're going to have our She-Hulk pregame show because She-Hulk then comes out at midnight on Wednesday. So we're going to do a She-Hulk pregame show on Wednesday. We're going to do a She-Hulk postgame after show on Thursday. And uh, you can imagine. And the weeks where all four of these shows are going to be running at the same time, it's going to be some busy weeks. It's busy going to be some busy weeks. Mm -hmm. But the after shows are coming back and the pregame, the pregame warm-up shows are coming back as well. All right. Let's get into announcement number five. The Weekly Hero returns. Uh, we haven't done Weekly Hero in a couple of years, but we have been talking about doing the Weekly Hero and bringing the Weekly Hero back for a while now. Uh, and, you know, it was actually Jonathan Boyko that brought it up again, finally and said, you know what, we really just need to stop talking about this and do this. And he was right. The Weekly Hero is returning. Now, for those of you who weren't around when Rob and I used to do The Weekly Hero, The Weekly Hero is really just a recap show. So it's a show once a week that looks back at the previous seven days and all the biggest news and topics and stories that came out of movie, like comic book movies and comic book TV shows. And uh, as always, there's going to be a hot toy inspection as well. Rob's going to bring in a hot toy every week where we'll talk about a certain, a new hot toy. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a new one, maybe even an old hot toy and talk about how great the hot toy is. And I even hear rumor there's going to be a certain segment, which leads into this. I'm not going to be on the Weekly Hero. That's going to be the one big difference. I'm not going to be on the Weekly Hero. The Weekly Hero is going to be Robert Meyer Burnett and Chris Carr. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be that. So there's going to be even one little probably five-minute segment of each Weekly Hero called... Rob, Rob and Chris, Chris have issues. issues. So that's going to be a part of it. Uh, and I'm very much excited about the Weekly Hero returning. Uh, when specifically, 
It's in the next couple of weeks sometime. We haven't nailed down an exact start time, but it is soon. We're, we're relaunching Weekly Hero really, really soon. All right. <clears throat> so the next announcement is, well, with After Shows, the Weekly Hero, Open Mic and everything, we need more Chris Carr. Yay! So Chris Carr is going to be around more often. Um, so you're going to see here her on some more afternoons. She's mm-hmm. going to be in here at least three afternoons a week. Yep. So doing uh, different shows. So you're going to see her pop up, obviously, on Weekly Hero, on some after shows, uh, probably on open mic once in a while. So uh, Chris Carr is going to be around more often, gracing our studio with her presence. Yeah. So we're very, we very, very excited lunch. about that. Yes. Now, the final announcement is <laughs> with all these shows... Even with more Chris, it's still not enough. We need more help. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> One more thing. Uh, Amy Newman is, is going to be joining us. Yay! Of course, Amy hey. came in for two weeks to fill in for Chris Carr when she was laid up at home sick. And she did such a great job that uh, with all these this programming and all this stuff that we're doing, uh, we reached out to Amy and I've been having conversation with her and Amy Newman is going to be coming back at least two days a week. Mm-hmm. She's going to be coming in to help us out on a regular basis. So, uh, yeah, let's scroll back up to the top there. So the announcements, this is like our own D 23. Wow. So just dropping bombs, dropping bombs. Movie club returns next week with edge of tomorrow. We're going to have two live shows Monday through Friday. Mailbag is being replaced with open mic with two hosts after shows. Uh, we're going full speed with after shows with both pre shows and post game shows. Rob and Chris bringing us the weekly hero every week. Chris Carr is going to be on more. And Amy Newman is oh, coming back. You forgot the eighth. What's that? I'm going to break it to you guys right now. Oh, here yeah. it comes. I'm finding out about this too, guys. This is, I, this is new to me. Henry Cavill is not coming back as Superman. <laughs> That's <laughs> so mean. That's Man, our big announcement. Uh, Henry Cavill not returning <laughs> as Superman. I, I no, that's just the rage just made that. Up. It has nothing to do with us. <laughs> but hey, so that's your lineup for Campia Twenty Three. We are so glad you guys decided to uh, hear us out. And again, big thank you to all of our channel members who were the first to hear about this last night. Gave me some feedback yesterday on everything. And uh, now you guys know what's going on with the channel as well. Can't be a 23. (laughs) C23. C23. (laughs) And uh, we've got some great weeks ahead of us, guys. So uh, buckle up. And we're glad you're here joining us for the ride. Okay, guys. With all that down, let's get into our final main topic today. Chris. What is our next main topic? Our next one comes from storytelling and spandex. The other day, I read a report online about producer Greg Berlanti being on WBD's shortlist to becoming DC's Kevin Feige. Figure behind the scenes, and I uh, really hope that the report is true. Love it or hate it, the Arrowverse was probably the only thing in entertainment comparable to the MCU, and Berlanti created it and oversaw it for close to a decade. He also produces Doom Patrol and Titans on HBO Max, knows DC back to front, and has film producing experience as well. Keen to hear your thoughts. All right. So uh, this is true. Uh, Variety, uh, or uh, like Variety to report this, but let's just read this off. This comes to us from Screen Rant, who are following up on this, said the following. In a new report from Variety, the trade reveals that Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav is looking into to introduce a new head of DC Films, with Walter Hamada reportedly exiting in the near future. Reports are that Walter Hamada wants out. The WB execs have been saying they want him to stay, but it looks like he's going to leave. So we'll see what happens there. With the desire to look for a Feige-like figure to lead DC... Arrowverse creator Greg Berlanti is one potential producer whose name is being tossed around for the gig. 
No offer has been made to Berlanti's team. And per their insiders, the busy creator may not be interested in going in-house. Berlanti is currently executive producing the CW's ongoing Arrowverse slash DC TV shows, while having also co-created Titans and Doom Patrol. He is also attached to the Green Lantern TV show and a Dead Boy Detectives, which have both been picked up uh, for series at HBO Max. All right, so... The one thing I want to point out here very clearly is that the wording I think here is key. Variety said that his name is being thrown around, that his name is being mentioned. Now, Greg Berlanti, for all intents and purposes, is the godfather of the Arrowverse. I mean, that's the, I mean, obviously there's a lot of credit to go around, but if you had to say one person who was most responsible for the Arrowverse, it's Greg Berlanti. And did Greg Berlanti do a good job with that? Yeah, he did. I mean, I, I eventually fell off of Arrow, but the first few seasons of Arrow were fantastic. I may have fallen off of The Flash, but The Flash overall has been a really good show. I loved Black Lightning. Um, eh, Legends of Tomorrow was always kind of middling a, a little bit, but you know, there was some really interesting stuff about it. Um, some shows that were not so good, whatever. But you know, I like the Arrowverse overall. I, I think Berlanti did a really good job because if you were to say somebody today, let's pretend there was no Arrowverse, say. Do DC shows on CW. I mean, there's no way that can work, right? But Greg Berlanti found a way to make it work, and I think he did a very good job. He's, he's got Lois, or Superman and Lois right good. now, which a lot of people like, all that kind of stuff. Fantastic. If Greg Berlanti is hired as the Kevin Feige of Warner Brothers, I'm fucking done with them. Like, I love David Zaslav. And everything. I think he's done a great job so far. But fuck that guy if he hires Greg Berlanti to be the head of DC. They, wow. Like, uh, wow, John. Am I being ambiguous Shots at all? Fired. A am I am I am I being at all ambiguous? Is there is there anything not crystal clear about how I feel about this? Listen, again, but John, you were just saying, yeah, you really like yeah, I do. I like Greg Berlanti very much. I think what he did on CW is very good. But it's really good for CW. Like, I get it. I can watch the schlocky stuff there because I know it's a CW show. You can do the types of things they did on Flash and, and Black Lightning and stuff like that because it's CW stuff. None of that stuff should be considered cinematic DC content. Like, at all. Now, is that to say that he couldn't possibly be capable of doing that? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be fair of me to say he's absolutely incapable of doing that. But it's like, I really like um, Gordon Ramsay's food. I love Gordon Ramsay's food. He's great at what he does. Should he be the next head of DC? No. He's great at what he does. And, and I love Greg Berlanti. He's very good at what he's done with CW. He did something that I think would be very hard for other people to do. But that ain't this. And look, I hate to say it, but do you know more people watch the John Campia YouTube channel a month than watch The Flash? I, I, I just I went in and I looked up the ratings. The Flash gets around two and a half to three million viewers a month if you add up all four episodes that come in a month. Now, granted, the John Camp, we put up tons of videos. It's not an apples to apples comparison, but we are a small YouTube channel. If your TV show can't get more views than my freaking nobody YouTube channel, then there's a problem. And actually, we get as many views as if you combined Superman and Lois and The Flash together. And we're a nobody, but fucking nobody, like, YouTube channel. That's not good. That's not good. So, no, <laughs> listen, to, to, look, 
And does it upset me as a fan that David Berlanti's or Greg Berlanti's, uh, Ron Jeremy, that, <laughs> that Greg Berlanti's name is being batted around? Well, no, that doesn't bother me because, listen, you would at least have to have him as part of the conversation. He's the guy who made the Arrowverse. Of course, that's a name that has to be brought up. And that's fine. And I like the guy and what he's done. I can't imagine 10 other creators that could have done as good of a job with the CW universe as he has done. And I look forward very much to the future stuff that he has. But as the next Kevin Feige? Are you fucking kidding me? No. No. And and as much as I've been very high on the WB train lately, I will be getting off at the next station, thank you very much, if they actually... Did this move? So I don't know. We will. We'll have to wait and see. Rob, you know, obviously, uh, I'm. I have mixed feelings about this. Uh, what do you think about the idea of Greg Berlanti becoming the Kevin Feige of the DC Cinematic Universe? Well, look, television and feature films are very different animals. And not only does Greg Berlanti, I thought he was great at what he did creating the Arrowverse, but you know, you're managing writers' rooms. It's 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 just a very different animal. Everything is is flipped in tele, in television. Greg Berlanti is the big he's the head honcho. He's, he's great. The, he's the executive producer. Uh, on a movie, the director is king, and and what they need is, I mean, the one thing I could see, Greg Berlanti might be able to be good at tapping different people to put in different positions. I could see that happening, but the kinds of relationships and the things that you have to do on a film set are you, you need a producer. That's a, a producer like Feige who's in the trenches on everything. And while Berlanti could do that, you know, he's spread out across a number of different shows. And I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I, it's just a different animal. It's just a different thing. Feature films and television, they don't work the same. And I don't think that just because you have a very successful TV producer, you can plug them in to making feature films just because the subject matter is the same. And I, I, I don't see how that would work, but Hey, it, it, it's not to say that, that it couldn't, but I think the material I haven't seen feature film, like you said, the quality of the material has not shown me that it's feature film level. Superman and Lois kind of comes close, but the other shows, like you said, are very much CW shows in their conception. You know what the comparison that comes to my mind is this, is that I think Berlanti has done a great job. Like, and I mean that wholeheartedly. I think he's done a great job with Arrowverse making that kind of content. Right. But just because you can make that kind of content, that's a totally different game than the type of content they're aiming to make with their overall cinematic universe. The comparison I think about is Joe Coy in Easter Sunday. Joe Coy is, the, in my opinion, the funniest man in the world. He's the best stand-up comedian in the world, I think. But so you'd think, oh, well, if he's funny then he can make a great comedy movie. That'll be easy. No, it was totally different things. And so he put out Easter Sunday and it's the worst movie of the year. So and I, I think just because Berlanti does some, one thing really good, I, I don't think this is transferable. I, I could be wrong about that though. I could be totally wrong about that, but I just think this would be a really dumb decision. Anyway, Chris, what do you think of this? Oh man, we're going to go from the chat being like, yay more Chris to this dumb girl. <laughs> I think that... Greg Berlanti has done an excellent job creating a CW universe with a CW budget. I think if you give him a different target audience and a different budget, he could do very, very well. Because right now he's catering to a certain crowd. Yes, he's been appealing to DC fans, comic book fans, but also to the demographic that the CW has often relied on, right? 
The CW is a lot of kind of soapy kind of shows with really beautiful people in them. Hi, Aaron Cummings. That's why you're on there. So, <laughs> you know, they do a really great job with that stuff. He does know his stuff. He does do a really good job with shared universes. Have a lot of these shows kind of petered off? Absolutely. Has he spread himself too thin? Yes. Is Riverdale absolutely bonkers? Sure. But oh my gosh, all those writers are having a great time. So I think this is a name that makes sense to be part of the conversation. Do I absolutely love it? Do I think it's the best choice? Maybe not. But I understand why he's being brought up. And I do think <coughs> given the budget and the parameters to do kind of whatever he wanted, he could do some really cool stuff. Look at Doom Patrol. Yeah, Doom Patrol is great. That nobody watched, unfortunately. I know. I love that I show. I love Doom Patrol. No, again, I, I, I love the first few seasons of Arrow. There's stuff mm -hmm. about Flash I love. But again, I I I resist the idea that just because you're good at one thing, that means you'll be good at this other thing, oh, too. Oh, for sure. Right? It's not completely transferable. But I do think that we should give him a little bit of credit here of, yeah, he did great on the CW. That could translate to something else. Because TV Maybe. and film is getting a little closer and closer. Not necessarily CW shows, but we are kind of blurring the lines of narrative storytelling when it comes to theatrical versus television. I just kind of feel, though, that DC right now, because of this this roller coaster, that it's, and I think everybody would admit that it has been. It oh, doesn't yeah. matter if you're a big DC hater or a big DC lover. There have been peaks and valleys with DC the last couple of years. We are way beyond, I think DC is way beyond the point of being able to have the luxury of being experimental about who they're head is going to be yeah you're way beyond that like like you know hey you know what you got a young scrappy football team why not get in there a, a, a new coach and blah blah blah. no that's that's fine but there's some teams that you need to bring in a seasoned hand i think they need to bring in somebody they we that everybody can look at immediately and go that's the the girl or that's the guy like i, I, I just think you need i don't Greg know they, could be their ted lasso john he could I, be their the ted lasso when you're a team that's in the position that that team was in yeah bringing in ted lasso what can go wrong but i think dc is not at that point fair you, they cannot afford right now like i think the fandom is kind of looking at dc right now as a little bit of a restart okay we're gonna give you a chance here I do not think they can afford to botch this hire. I think this hire has to be airtight, I think. But, And Rob, you've brought up many times. It's not an easy hire. It's not going to be an no. easy thing to do when you're looking at getting your own Kevin Feige. That's a tall order. And Berlanti, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in TV. Uh, more money than there is to be made in features. And I, I could see him, you know, going from, he's the guy's running how many different shows at once? And he's done an effective job. Maybe he doesn't want to go make movies. And that's one of the things that the report was saying, that, you know what, he's he's got a real sweet, rich deal right now. Uh, he's got an empire. He built an empire. And does he, want to, does he want to do something that's a little bit more iffy? I mean, if he had those kinds of creative plans, and maybe so. But if I were him, I would keep, keep the gravy train that he's got going, going down the tracks rather than jumping into another medium. Question is for you guys. What would you think of Greg Berlanti, uh, who has... Never made anything that I would consider DC cinematic quality yet, uh, but had done a great job with creating the, unless we all know the Arrowverse. He created that. Give the guy his props. So I don't know, how would you feel about if they came out and said that our new head of the DC division is Greg Berlanti? I have made my feelings clear. I would not, even though I like the guy very much, I would not be happy about that. Uh, Chris would be a little bit more open to it. You know, if I'm on a plane, I don't want the pilot to fail. Well, true. I'm always rooting for whoever's at the helm. But wouldn't you root them to get a good pilot to start I off would, with? I would, I would. But you know what? Since I'm not flying planes, I can only say what I know about flying planes. What I can enjoy as a passenger. Well, there you go, guys. 
How do you feel about this? Whatever your thoughts are on it, jump. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot of mixed opinions. That some will I agree doubt with it. me, some will disagree. I What's doubt there'll be yeah, mixed opinions be on this. It yeah. seem like a hot topic. Mm. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Jump down to the comment section below and let <laughs> us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, we're going to spend the rest of the show and just hearing from you. We're going to take your live comments, questions, theories, opinions about any of the stuff that we've already talked about or anything else for that matter. Just we are opening up the Super Chats now. Fire in those Super Chats. Remember, we only leave the Super Chats open for a couple of minutes. Get them in now and we will read them off and address them in the next half of the show. Before we get to that, though, we're going to take another second and thank another sponsor of today's episode, the great folks over at Raycon. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Raycon. Now, guys, you've heard me talk about the fact that part of my morning routine is getting on my treadmill. And when I do, I always have my Raycon earbuds there to listen to my podcasts and YouTube videos. I go to them every morning. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. And the best part for me is that Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. That's half the price. And with premium features like noise isolation, awareness mode, and I personally love the earbud tap functions, it's perfect for when I'm on the treadmill. So guys, go to buyraycon.com slash campia today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash campia to get 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Raycon for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Guys, seriously, I was talking to Rob about them yesterday. Great earbuds for like half of the price of the other earbuds I have. So make sure you check them out. And guys, a reminder, links to all of our sponsors and the promo codes are down in the description of this video. And remember, when you guys support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So thank you guys so much for that support. Okay, guys, with all that down, let's get into the live comments and questions you're getting. And we want to start with our beloved channel members. So, Ray, what are the channel members saying? All right, I got, I just got one from Robert Tari. He says, WB should tap Andrew, Andrew Stanton to run DC. He did a good job at Pixar. Uh, Andrew Stanton is a seasoned executive, movie executive. He oversaw a lot of the stuff that went on at Pixar. And my answer to that question, listen, do I think Andrew Stanton is the guy? Not necessarily, but it would be one of those names that if they announced, I would go, yeah, yeah, that'll work. That, that, so I, I think there's probably like 10 to 15 of those names. I think Stanton would be one of those names. He's directing TV now. He directed episodes of For All Mankind. And he jumped in Hired. and did some of the best writing on, uh, <laughs> on Obi-Wan, mm -hmm. too. So he's, he can, he's got his hands in all sorts of things. All right, what's next? Okay, Eddie K writes, I completely agree with you about Berlant Berlante to be head of DC. He greenlit so much crappy episodes of Arrowverse. In my honest opinion, give me, give more Walter Hamada Har a chance. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, we've been very clear. We, like, the thing is they announced Hamada, a lot of people forget this, they announced Hamada and he had a very small window where he actually had any control of things. And then Anna Sarnoff, who was the CEO of, of Disney Picture or uh, WB Pictures at the time, she kind of took that power away from him and created a committee of like five people that Hamada was on. He never really got a shot. So do I think, they have to keep Hamada on? No, not necessarily. But again, he'd be another one of those names that they said, if they were able to convince Hamada to stay, which it sounds like he's hell-bent on leaving after Black Adam, but if they were able to convince him to stay, I'd be like, yeah, I, I would like to see how this would turn out. But again, I, again, I, I really like the understand name too. All right, what's next? Okay, Jordan Patterson writes, 
Berlanti gave us Crisis on Infinite Earths, <laughs> Jobber Superman, and Golden Boots. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greg, I'm out. Okay, yes, but to be fair, if you want to bring up the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was terrible, then you also got to mention he did Crisis on Earth X, which, which was I thought so was fun. really good yeah, and yeah, really, really fun. You want to bring up Jobber Superman, well, then you got to mention the fact that he brought a, a character I never thought would work on the screen, Black Lightning. And damn, they made that work. That show was fantastic. So absolutely, Berlanti's got some big smudges. He does. But you can't just mention the smudges. He, he had some pretty big wins, too. So you can't forget that. All right, what's next? Okay, Leo Liang writes, very excited for the new live shows and more Chris and Amy. Happy Friday, Campia crew. I am also more excited for more Chris and Amy and, and Rob. And it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be busy. Uh, but we always knew when all of us in this room signed up to do this, we knew we were going to get busy and we're certainly about to get busy. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun, too. Thank you, man. All right. What's next? Amin writes, this felt like a Marvel panel. <laughs> next time you need to get on a stage and have graphics and animation show up for each announcement. <laughs> LOL. Yeah, well, this is uh, this is what is this is going to the Campy show phase five. We should have we should have had Amy walk out and do whatever. We should have had Henry Cavill come out and do the announcements for us. He I don't know why I didn't do that. He finishes by saying, Ray, you better get on that. Just kidding. Can't wait for the after shows. <laughs> All right. What's next? Um, the Everything Entertainment Network writes, Rob, you answered my question a few weeks ago about the Beetlejuice musical on Mailbag. Well, went out to New York City to see it in person. And it's now like a top five musical of all time for me. Wow. It's that amazing. That's great to hear. I was supposed to see that with my mom and I got really bad food poisoning in New York and I missed our show and I just got to throw up all day instead. See, if it's going to be on Broadway, mm -hmm. it, it must be of a certain quality level. Yeah. Like if it's going to get on yeah, Broadway. Unless you're so. Bialy stocking something. I mean, it's crazy that so many of these uh, movies are being turned into Broadway shows. They're doing almost famous. Well, no. yeah. when they put Spider-Man a Broadway show, I mean, <laughs> that was with the U2 soundtrack. Moulin Rouge, have you gone to see that yet? I know. No, Anne's got, we got our tickets. We People have our tickets. People said it's have, great. Oh, I'm sure yeah. it is. I cannot wait. All right, what's next? That's it. All right. Well, then let's move over to the super chats you guys have been firing in. So, Chris, what do we got? We have from Ben Raynard, a $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you, ben. ben. Bringing on Berlanti would be like bringing Filoni to run Lucasfilm. Both are great producers and both should not be heads of studio. I mean, the, the one thing I will say about Berlanti over Filoni is that, like Rob mentioned, the, the, the advantage that a, uh, Berlanti has over Filoni is he runs an empire, right? He is his own studio head. Yeah. Ber See, the, one of the things that, that I think we as film fans and TV fans, we think, oh, if somebody's a great director, that means they're a great studio head. There's a big difference between being a creative director and being an ex a studio executive, a corporate executive. Those are two completely different skill sets, absolutely different skill sets, which is, you know, why quite oftentimes when, when we hear studio heads being named and division heads being named, they're names that most people have never heard of. And that's the way it should be. Filoni has created some great content, but he has zero experience about running a, a a corporation running a studio it's a different skill set so i would give berlanti the edge over a filoni and something like that all right what's next can i interrupt real quick just yeah. with one more premium member the man with the master plan says ray how can you miss for all mankind finale 
You're mad. Did you write your own part? Anyway, thank you, John, and the team for providing my daily source of info and can't wait for the new stuff. Oh, thank you so much, man. And listen, we all forget that a show yeah. aired today. Ray's right? a so, busy man. But you know what? He's a cooking. I have something to do later. Yeah. Because I'm all out of cocaine and there's no <laughs> prostitutes around, baby. <laughs> what? So he's going to take Who are you? And send stillness for all mankind. <laughs> Ray, Ray, this is not uh, the Beyond team yet. We're not on the Beyond team yet. Oh, yeah. That yeah. hasn't started. What's next? From Zach Marcello. Watch Shawshank last weekend for the first time in a while. What an amazing movie. Came out in the legendary 94 year and missed the Oscar to FG, one of two. Um, is there another one? For yeah, that? There we go. Even though I love both films, I feel like Shawshank got the shaft. Wondering where you place this movie in your pantheon. Oh, Shawshank Redemption is one of, like, without hyperbole, it is one of the greatest films ever made. Should it have beat Forrest Gump? Yes. Okay. Because when, when you look today, and I get it at the time, like you're in the moment and that's something. It, and sometimes it takes years and years and years. Today, when you go back and you look at like either it's AFI or, or you know, other significant places that list their like 100 greatest films of all time, Shawshank is always over Forrest Gump. Always. And I'm not saying it's a mistake at that time in that year, because again, sometimes it takes years and years and years for us to really see what stands up the test of time. But that was an incredible year because was that not also the year of Pulp Fiction? Yes. So you had, and was that not, there, there was another big one too that year, but like that was a stacked year. But yes, to me, Shawshank Redemption is a top five greatest film ever made in history. It's, it's just that good. And people forget, John, Forrest Gump was a monster hit. It was huge. And yeah. it was a gigantic populist favorite film. And Shawshank Redemption was not a hit at all. Uh, in fact, it didn't make much money on its original release, and it wasn't until later that people caught up with it. But yeah, absolutely, Shawshank Redemption, again, it's a top five greatest film of all time ever made, so it absolutely should have won Best Picture that year. But again, that's hindsight, right? It's hindsight. All right, what's next? From Jay Master, Steve Martin and Martin Short, Father of the Bride and Father of the Bride Part 2 are now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Ooh, Yay. I like those movies. I love them. The Chipper Chicken. <laughs> You know what's really funny? I I I took a game. It was about a month ago. I watched a bit of one of my top ten favorite comedies of all time, which is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <gasps> so with good. Michael Caine and Steve Martin. And and if you have not seen it, it's one of the best comedies ever. Uh oh, and Ian McDermott, the Emperor Palpatine is in that movie mm -hmm. too, by the way. But I remember I popped it on and looked, and I'm like, Kazan had just been watching some Only Murders in the Building. I'm like, huh. Steve Martin really hasn't aged in like 30 years. <laughs> I don't know if it's the banjo or, or whatever. Banjos keep you young. Banjos keep you young, I guess. Yeah. That's the only thing I can figure. All right, what's next? From Peter Cunnington, sad update and Anne Heche has died. Oh, I, I had heard they were saying it was unlikely she was going to survive, but I had not heard that she had officially died. The chat earlier was I saying I think yesterday she was already brain dead because they were saying like, they were looking at what organs were still okay to be donated. Yeah, I, I heard that they were, but they had not officially right. yet pulled the plug. She had not officially died. Yeah, I, I mean, tragically sad news. Mm -hmm. I just saw her recently. One of the, I don't watch a lot of network television, but one of the shows I do watch is Chicago PD. And she had had a recurring character recently on that as well. So, I mean, uh, really sad news. Again, I don't have a lot of details, but apparently she was involved like in a hit and run like five minutes before it happened to. Like something was clearly she, very yeah, she wrong. She crashed into a house. And then she crashed into a house mm -hmm. and she was like, in the car while the car and the house were burning for like 60 minutes before the firefighters were able to get her out. And it's just oh, that's awful. Anyway, terrible, terrible stuff. But anyway, thanks for bringing that up, man.
All right, what's next? Uh, from Andy, one of two. If WB actually makes Berlanti their head of their DC live action shared universe, then I'm tapping out. I give up on DC. I hated how the Arrowverse... Do, 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 do. How Rest the Arrowverse the was ran. The only thing for DC that would be worse <laughs> than this is if they got The Rock or the Riverdale showrunners to run the DC universe instead. <laughs> um, okay, look, I will say this. If they hired Greg Berlanti, all my WB Discovery goodwill is gone. But wow. that's <laughs> not to say that I will not or I would be resistant or refuse to give anything that happens there a chance after that. It's just my automatic giving them the benefit of the doubt will be gone. It'll be gone. But listen, there are many things for all of us up here, all of you watching at home. There have been many things that have happened that they've gone, well, that's a stupid decision. Everything about this is going to turn out terrible. And it turns out great. That happens sometimes. Maybe that would happen with Berlanti. So yeah, I will be completely off the, man, David Zaslav has done everything right so far. Yeah, that'll end real fast. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I won't give it a chance if and when it ever happens. But I, you listen, I've got too much belief in number one, especially Alan Horn. I have all the belief in the world in Alan Horn. He is the best film executive of the past 30 years. So I don't believe with Alan Horn being the consigliere to david zaslav now i don't think he's gonna let that happen i i just don't see it happening if they did i'm gonna start questioning reality so i think i, I don't think it's gonna happen but who knows who knows all right what's next from jay bling r.i.p and Haish pulled off of life support yeah so i guess they officially uh did that and again when the first accident first happened it was serious condition but stable but i guess uh, i had heard she was uh, when they did pull her out of the car she was conscious responding and then fell into a coma and yeah yeah really really sad to hear all right what's next from rafael castillo i enjoyed designing hollywood a lot nice rob you're a great interviewer oh, thank you what if the best i've heard well. the podcast covers <laughs> costume design mostly but will you cover set design you know that's a good question we are expanding the kinds of people that we're talking to and martika abara who produces a show she's set up an interview that I can't believe that she was able to get. And if we do it, it's going to start a new, it's going to take that show into the stratosphere. By the way, I I should mention, you know what? I I think about this almost every night and I always forget the next day. You know, one of the shows that we have on the channel here is Designing Hollywood. And if you guys are really interested, like truly interested in the art of filmmaking and what goes into making these movies that we see, uh, primarily designing Hollywood talks to the incredible iconic like uh, costume designers of all the biggest and best movies ever. Uh, Martika and of course, Marilyn Vance do a great job of lining up the most incredible guests. It is on our channel. It's right. We, it's got its own playlist on the front page. Check it out. Rob does a lot of the interviews. Yeah. I mean, this week, Sandy Powell, who's won, I think, I mean, she's won three Academy Awards and she's done most of Martin Scorsese's stuff. She's working on um, Disney's Snow White right now. Ooh. interviewing her or interviewed her yeah so guys make sure you do check out designing hollywood on our channel you're right rob does a great job with those interviews all right right can i can i get a premium chat in from pickles he says for all mankind was better than a lot of films i've watched this year the last episode had it all thank you team and bring on the filthy well ray wouldn't know that yeah i wouldn't know that <laughs> Uh. And I haven't watched a new season yet, so I got to get on that one pretty soon. But that's good to hear. All right, what's next? Yeah, it is good. From Harry uh, 
Katsaros, the Batman has topped the 2022 Saturn Awards with 12 nominations. Ah. That's quite a few more nominations than any Marvel project, including Spider-Man No Way Home and more than the entire combined Star Wars universe. That's great. I mean, how much how much does it win? And all that that could be another question. A lot of nominations is great. But again, to me, the Batman so far is the number two best film of the year. My my top three remain, and this hasn't changed for months. My top three remain. The number one film of the year, easily to me, is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number two is The Batman. Number three is The Northman. So those are my, my three top films so far. What about Maverick? Top Gun. It's in my top 10. Okay. I really liked it. I, I, you know I really like it. I've yeah. been gushing about it since we saw it. But it's yeah, I, it might even be in my number five spot, maybe. But, it, uh, but yeah, it doesn't crack my top three. You mean with that complicated storyline? Yeah, with that intricate <laughs> Shakespearean-like storyline. All right, what's next? From Suthius, Greg Berlanti? Please don't. <laughs> Not that serious, fam. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get, let, let, let's see. It seems like a really odd choice to me, but we'll find out. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, it's unlikely due to Universal owning the Hulk solo film rights, but if that is Scar in the ship in She-Hulk clip, could we be getting World War Hulk movie adaptation in Phase 6 or even 7? Uh World War Hulk obviously cannot happen while the Universal thing is still going on. So that's one thing. But if you guys did not see the latest uh, uh, nope. teaser that came yeah, out like, what is he talking for She-Hulk, the latest teaser for She-Hulk came out, and we've seen uh, pictures that, you know, um, uh, why am I forgetting Tatiana Mislani's what's She-Hulk's name? Jennifer. 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 Jennifer and Bruce in the car together, right? We've seen a little clips of that. But they released the full like minute long conversation where they're talking about Captain America's virginity. And it's a kind of a funny conversation, but then all of a sudden this spaceship drops out of the sky right in front of their car and drives off the road. But when you look at that, so you freeze it and you look at that spaceship, you're like, huh? <laughs> and then you go and look at Thor Ragnarok. It's like, that's one of the grandmaster ships. So I, so Rob and I were looking at that yesterday and we're like, is the grandmaster coming back to get Hulk? to get Hulk back or or like what's going on here? I mean, that's that's a really interesting way to get Hulk off world again. So the Hulk, yeah. so, so Jennifer can take center stage. I mean, well, I don't know. We'll we'll no. see. But again, as long as these uh, the universal issue maintains and no, don't expect to see a World War Hulk thing. Not to mention like a World War Hulk storyline that supersedes any Avengers storyline. Yeah, because you're talking about you're literally talking about the Hulk Coming back and taking out everybody, Except. Avengers, X Men, like uh, Inhumans. It, it doesn't. Fantastic Four. He takes them all. That that is seriously an all MCU encompassing storyline. So that would be a big undertaking in and of itself. I mean, I'd love to see it, but I don't expect it to happen. Man, it'd be great. She Hulk pre show. It's gonna be lit. <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait. All right, what's next? From Ricky Bizarro, one of two. Hey guys, odd question. How do you watch so much media? <laughs> Between the show and prep plus outside work, you all are clearly busy, but you manage to binge series, watch new releases, and even rewatch stuff. Some people don't watch all things like yeah. all mankind. But yeah. <laughs> I'm actually oh, sleep while I watch, so it takes care of all that. So, that's so how do you watch in installments, watch while working, have some odd time altering power? Really curious. I struggle to watch a movie a week. Thanks. No, it, mm -hmm. listen, there's a reason. Like when, when it comes up, it's like, I haven't been able to catch up on that yet or that yet. And people, well, I mean, why? Because I'm working 10 to 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And then I got to spend a little bit of time with my wife and I got to sleep. 
and and then I try to squeeze in some viewing. And that's why, like, it's taken me a while to get through Sandman. Like, we just finally watched episode six of Sandman last mm-hmm. night. One of the better episodes of television I've watched in a while. Mm-hmm. That episode six of Sandman was fantastic. Like, I, a little bit of a Highlander kind of feel. Oh, yeah. Bob uh, yeah. Gatling. Mm-hmm. Episode six was really, really fun. Uh, and that line, in line, here it's not polite to keep your friends waiting. Come on. When he says that, I'm like... Okay, there was a 20-minute setup just for that one line, and it was worth every minute. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, my God. That's, like, I'm getting, look at that. Like, the hair on my arm is standing up. It was such <laughs> a good so moment. Good. Um, Beautiful stuff. But, yeah, it, it's, it takes time, and that's why, like, there's even sometimes that, and, like, to go to screenings, like, press screenings, that's a full evening commitment because for us, we got got to drive into L.A., yeah. see the movie, drive back from L.A. It, it, it is a big part of the time commitment of our show. But I do find that, like, you know, just just my day yesterday, for instance, we do the show. We did an after show. I went home, and I've been reading uh, Michael Mann's book, Heat 2. Right. So I, I read for about an hour, Heat 2. Then I went and worked on a friend of mine's Kickstarter video that I'm helping him do. Worked on that. Then watched uh, some, I watched uh, some more, I, I watched For All Mankind with Elizabeth, mm-hmm. you know, so you just, it's kind of like a whole, all of my, our waking hours are taken up with something, Yeah, but yeah. it's all fun. So it doesn't feel like work. There's a reason why I wake up at 5 a.m. Like, <laughs> yeah. You just, you got to make it work. All right. What's next? From The Hunt for Gullum. Hey, Campia, just wanted to, uh, just wanted to just, you know, just wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed Prince of Peace, God of War. I've actually watched it twice. Very thought-provoking. Oh, thank you so much for that. For those of you who don't know, Prince of Peace, God of War is the first documentary I ever made. Um, and it the basic premise of it is it looks at... This was made around the George Bush era with the Iraq War. And the really interesting thing that of the Christian faith, which is fundamentally... Um, pacifist when you look at the origins of the christian faith and the from the beginnings of the christian faith for a, a long time was hardcore pacifist and then the changing to the interesting thing that when the iraq war was going on it was mostly supported by people of the evangelical circles and so it was an investigation and kind of and i i got to travel all across north america talking to like leaders and theologians and professors and stuff like that, talking about where and when did that transition happen, where the Christian faith started as very, very hardcore pacifist beliefs mm. to being the number one supporter of war. And and it was a really fun project for me. It was a very interesting project for me. And uh, it was done a long time ago. But thank you so much for bringing that up, man. I really, where can really we see this? I can't even remember. I don't think I have it available anywhere right now. Oh, Like I remember we made about, 5,000 copies of the DVD when I made it, and they all sold out, which was great. Well, wow. uh, But I, 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 I must have it somewhere. I can't physical even media, baby. What's that? Physical, physical media. media. I'm going to go look on the high seas and see if I can download it. I guess it. you got to ask the hunt for Gollum. I know we got a copy, or I got a copy. All right, what's next? From Donnie Rhodes. Hey, guys. Thanks for the recommendation on Shit's Creek. Just finished second season. It's not just a comedy about spoiled people and funny circumstances, but about spoiled people learning humility. It is one of the oh, greatest sitcom formatted shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I felt terrible that as a Canadian, that I was so late to the party. Like I caught up on it just before the final season came out is when I really heard about it. And I started and Anne and I started watching and we just binged the whole damn thing. It's one of the most as far as a sitcom formatted show, it's one of the most beautiful shows I've it's ever so seen. It's so good. It's well, really good. Dan Levy's talked about, too, how 
they had to be the butt of every joke and it couldn't be making fun of small town people. It had to be about how the small town people were so much more progressive, so much more understanding, so much more loving than these very wealthy to do people who had everything so that it was money doesn't make you understand things. It doesn't make you compassionate. It doesn't make you a good family. And, and David, that guy is such a star. Oh, yeah. David is the David character is one of the greatest characters in any comedy ever. It's just, it's so wonderful. And I'm not still a hundred percent convinced that, um, my new assistant Taylor isn't Levy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> just I'm. I'm, I'm he's I'm got not a lot of Dan energy. He's got got a and lot of that energy alike. in there. I would. He's great. My new assistant Taylor's great. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? You mean my new assistant Taylor? <laughs> my office buddy, um, Al Redshaw. John, what did you and Ann decide about your Campia Plus plan with Ray? Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta figure that out. Yeah, well, you know. But I, I finally get... got him to come clean with Anne about why the first episode of Sandman was already watched. So he had to be the one to tell her that. How <laughs> we went over that. Because I At got so time. much shit. It's like, somebody, you already watched the first episode of Sandman. Baby, I didn't. Don't you lie. Look, it says somebody already watches. I'm like, I don't know what happened. It was pretty good, it was too. Right. <laughs> the fight or the show? <laughs> if we had a show about it, you the the one the camera would be on Anne and I. As Anne's giving me crap. I'm like, no, baby, it wasn't me. And then hard cut edit to Ray at home with sitting back with a cigar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with just, popcorn. With popcorn. Did he did, did he go up to Anne and say, I want you to know, Anne? It was, it was, it was me. me. It was me. And no, I enjoyed it. Should have though. All right. What's next? From Attack of the Mushi. I saw E.T. for the first time last night with my wow. father-in-law. Wow. It's one of his favorite childhood films, and we even had Reese's Pieces. Nice. Spielberg's the goat. To this day. Every, but one out of every four or five times I go to the theater, I'll grab a little bag of Reese's Pieces. But whenever I do, I still think of E.T. Mm -hmm. I still think of E.T. I mean, it, it, that, that is a candy that is forever connected to that. And M&M's had the chance. They dropped. I, they, they didn't Reese's want it. Pieces, that's right. Man. They turned down. I just think it's crazy how many people that we hear on hear from on this show and people I know in real life that haven't seen E.T. I would have thought E.T. is one of those films that every parent shows their kids, but apparently not anymore. Well, look, when the pandemic started, how many people did we hear from that said they never watched Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Or The Godfather. Well, and E.T. came out in 1982. Yep. Yeah. That's so, I mean, for some, some people, it's alive. before their time. Yeah, but I, I watched stuff from the 50s and 40s and whatever. I mean, that was way before I was alive. Yeah, but it depends on what you're introduced to. Yeah. All right. What's next? Are you going to fight? The World Wide <laughs> Web, which has literally everything. <laughs> from Jamie Sundays. You ever think about doing some sports shows in the future? I do constantly. I would tune into a show <laughs> formatted like this over ESPN any day. Believe me. I, I, like People have often asked me if I wasn't doing like movie and TV discussion, what I'd be doing. I, I, in all honesty, I would be working for ESPN. I would be doing a drive-home radio sports show. That's exactly what I would be doing. I would love to. You know, Dennis Zen and I for years talked about doing like a uh, UFC after show of some kind. But the reality is this, like we were just talking about, I don't have time to do that. I wish I did, but I don't. And and even if I did, I think it would be very bad for the channel to like start introducing sneaker content. It's like that's not what like that's not what my show is. Um, this channel is not about sports, even though I will draw my all my analogies from sports for sure, because I'm a sports guy. But I just simply wouldn't have time. I'll tell you what, though, if I ever get to the point that I'm able to hire a few more people and I could take more and more of a step back, maybe then I launch a second channel that is more sports related. But I, I mean, yeah. that's probably never going to happen. That's what I was thinking. Like you'd literally have to leave this on other shoulders so that you could produce an entirely new channel. Yeah. 
yeah, so that so I really doubt that would ever happen. I would love it if it could, but I I just don't. You'd be good at it though. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I'd be I'd pretty watch good a show at that it. You have sports show, that but you I did. only have so many hours in a day. Yeah. And, if you uh, ever do it, can we have a segment called John teaches Chris a sports thing? Okay, okay. <laughs> it's just so me being like, what? You see, Chris, you see that blue line on mm-hmm. the ice? Yeah. Yes. Here's what offside is. There's ice in basketball. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? From Ulatan, Tacoma, Washington, 1989, Sergeant Folk, a 2nd Battalion Army Ranger, and his unit had a shout, shootout defending his home from a Crip gang. A true story should be a movie. Okay. I saw that. I watched I that thought, YouTube. I did too. I watched it last week. Elizabeth Ooh, and I watched it. So what's excited. this? Okay. This is in, crazy, man. In, so in Tacoma, by the way, I'm from Seattle. So Tacoma is where my aunt and uncle lived. There, They had a horrible gang problem. Yep. And an army ranger moved in, bought a house in a gang-infested neighborhood. Like lots of drugs. Lots of drugs. And he started, the, the, there was neighborhood watch, and the, there was the, the residents and the, the, the gangs got into it. And so one day after, I mean, he was being threatened, he had all of his, he had 15 of his ranger buddies come over for a barbecue. <laughs> yeah. that, That's a bad group to pick a fight and, with. And, and <laughs> said, why don't you come, why don't you come armed yeah bring your own bring and and they had a shootout in this neighborhood these guys i mean they were they were all over the house in the backyard but they brought ranger tactics and it was kind of like john carpenter's assault on precinct 13 and they had this massive shootout and the that video must have shown up on all of our feeds because yeah watch that elizabeth and i watching she's like archer doesn't your family didn't we go visit them in tacoma and i go yeah yeah, that's where my grandfather's furniture store was. It's crazy, and they should absolutely make that. But movie. it should be like if they were to do it, they should do it like really raw, not like don't make it all John Woo and all slow motion. Sh- right, just no. like do it really realistic. That's and how the I think people. Of bullets that that flew through the air that night. It's luck. No one died. No one died. Yeah, no, no one, one died. And the, they didn't think that anybody, anyone who was wounded, actually went far enough away that they were at a hospital that they didn't know that they were part of that shootout. It's amazing. Crazy. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, what would it take to get John to play Stray live on the channel? Most cats uh, are lovely, John. You know, here's the problem. I would start the game and then immediately take the cat to the highest building and throw it off the ledge. Silly. And just run it off the ledge. There's like, a mod for it. Yay, this Garfield. game is fantastic. There's a mod for that? Yeah, there's a mod you can play as Garfield on Stray. Do you just oh. get to eat no, lasagna? Really? Yeah. Does it yeah. talk like Garfield? I don't know. To be fair, I've heard the game is really good. I know. Yeah. I've heard the game. I, I might even have to PS5 try it. PS5. Exclusive. I've got the PS5. Punching my table right now. You know what I still haven't done, right? I still mm. haven't set up the PS5 in the theater room. Yeah. And you know what you could Rob do if been you did? asking for some time. I wouldn't be playing discs on it. You could watch Edge of Tomorrow in 4K. <laughs> All right. right <laughs> next. I don't want to, like, hey, there's been whispers from me telling John about possibly doing video games. I don't know. Listen, yes, we have talked. We we haven't come up with a firm plan yet, which is why it wasn't in the announcements. But Jonathan and I and Ray, we've been talking about doing some not not hardcore video game content. Like we're not IGN. Yeah, but like (laughs) but us playing like some some playing watches with with us just having a good time eating and drinking and playing some video games. And we're gonna try to find a way to fit that. Like we gotta get all these new things rolling. But once we do and we start finding the gaps where we can slip in content like this, find the gap then we uh, will be doing it. All right, what's next? From Suthius, we'll shoot. Since you're bringing back an old namesake like Open Mic, let's bring back Buy It, Sell It, Trade It uh, for Off the Top. Pretty please? Well, it was never called Buy, Sell, or Trade. It It was just Buy or Sell. Mm. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I I I could see me 
I like doing buy and sell. I did. I, I, and, and we might bring buy and sell back. Oh, I forgot about that fact. one. Uh, that's somebody else brought that up to me about a month ago. And I remember thinking, you know what? I really do love buy and sell and, and maybe I'll do it again. By the way, we also want to start bringing back into the John Campy show, the over under game where like Chris and Rob and Ray, I, I would ask the questions. They would take guesses and each of Chris, Rob and Ray <laughs> would represent one of our people watching the show and whichever one of these guys won the game the person they represent would win a prize, whether it was a hot toy, an autographed hot mm -hmm. toy, or we've got some John Campia show autographed posters <laughs> back there. So we're going to try to work those into the show too. The losing streak continues. You won. You won a couple. You won a couple. First one. You won a second one too. You won another one too. All right, what's next? I think next? I only won once. Yeah, Rob always. That's mm. not true. Aaron won. Okay, um, what's next? Rafael Castillo. More Chris is a great thing. Thanks, More bud. Chris is always a great thing. Appreciate All right, you. what's next? Are you sure that Chris? <laughs> How dare you? Danito, any Lucas changes to originals you actually prefer? Um, yeah, so if you talk about the Star Wars Special Edition, uh, which is a horrible abomination against nature, but there are a couple of moments that it did actually improve. For example, I love in Empire when they go to Bespin, the, the Bespin like uh, cityscape shots and stuff like that. Agreed. That actually added to the film. So there were little things like that that I think did work better, but that's like one out of every 10. Most yep. of them were to the detriment of the movie, especially after watching Light and Magic. You're like, why would they change that? Well, you know what the problem is too, John, is it, they're very incongruous with the rest of the movie. Yeah. You know, you get to the, even in 97, I'm like, th that movie had such great verisimilitude. And then you get to these CGI scenes, and you're like, wait, they just didn't have those. They didn't have the technology when they made this movie, so it looks wrong. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's next? From Chris Miner. Sup, Campia crew? I'm going to be a DM for a D&D &D nice. campaign for the first time. I'm nervous, and I'm asking if you guys have any advice for a first-timer. Yes. Kill the players quickly. No. Um, <laughs> just don't do that. <laughs> Here's, so the main That's advice. Not good advice. Here's the main advice I, I would give. Plan a couple of plot devices, because you've planned out your story, right? Now, for any DM or game master, for any other type of role-playing game, you need to have your story laid out, but you can't, you've got to have some flexibility to the story with understanding that if the characters come up with something really cool or the <laughs> yeah. characters really deviate, you've got to have some flex. You can't just go, no, you can't do that. Why? Well, because I need you to do this. You got to have some flexibility there and ready to go. So pre-plan in advance some story mechanics that, Okay, if they go off the rails and go here, have a little bit of a plan B ready. <laughs> Other than that, just have fun. Make sure your number one job as the game master is to make sure the character, the players are having fun. Make sure they're having a good time. Because <laughs> if they're having a good time, you're going to have a good time. So uh, that's the best advice I can give. All right, what's next? From Stubble McShave, loved best worst movie. I'm surprised Cutie, Cutie, have no Oscar for direction. Do you think he may get extra votes in direction if if next film is his last? No. Oh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. No, no, he'll 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 get nominated if the film deserves it, and if he deserves to win, he'll win. Yeah. It is weird. Like he does have an Academy Award, but I believe his Oscars for writing, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So it is weird that Tarantino doesn't have. But I mean, again, that highlights how difficult it is to win an Academy Award, because not only do you have to have a great movie you put out that year, you got to hope somebody else didn't put out one that was just a little bit better. So it is really weird to think that Quentin Tarantino doesn't have an Oscar. It's weird. All right. What's next? From Baruz Harlevuva. Sorry. 
Uh, I think there are two options for Warner Brothers regarding Ezra. One, they deepfake them. No. Two, they move up the movie to be released as soon as possible. Yeah, deepfaking him is not a realistic thing. That That's not simply not a realistic thing to do. Um, moving it up, I think, is their best option, to be honest with you. I think just taking this movie, drop it in Christmas, uh, get it out there. I, I just I don't see a drawback to dropping it early. I do not see a drawback to that. So I get, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to do that. And I'm not saying it's going to ruin the movie if they don't. But for me, if uh, Alan Horn and David Zaslav were to ask me, what should we do with this flashing? I'd say, just drop it early. Just get, get the Ezra thing behind you as fast as you can. Uh, Don't risk Ezra going off the rails anymore over the next couple of months, get this movie out. And then you can wipe your hands of them, move on and, and go on to new things. All right. What's next? From Wraith X7, hey everyone, have you guys seen the leaked an, uh, animatic Popeye film? Do you think Sony will release the completed film? I heard about this, at the, yeah. but I never did see it. Did you guys watch any no. of it? No, but it's like Popeye. the whole movie in animatic form, or most of the movie in animatic form, something like that. And who is the director of it? it it's it's a name we recognize, and I cannot remember, I don't remember. who or what it was. Uh, but no, have not seen it yet, but I, I, I think out of curiosity, I'm going to watch it sometime. All right, what's next? From Sin Vendetta, finally, Hogwarts Legacy gets a release date of February 10th, 2023. Nice. I'm so excited. I, we going to Hogwarts. You know, Anne was asking about that game. She wanted to know the release when we went to GameStop. Yep, uh, she went right up to the like, and asked, when is this thing? coming out? And I asked the guy, he's like, I don't know, but that's good to have a concrete date now. I'll tell you what, I like, this does not happen often. I, I'm at work and I get a text from Anne. She goes, tonight, we're going to have dinner and we're going to sit down. And we're going to watch the game announcement, the Hogwarts game announcement video that they just put out on YouTube. Aww. Remember that? They dropped that full thing, kind of like a big preview of the game. And this it's like, game this looks incredible. Like you plan your evening around going to the movie. She goes, tonight we're going to eat dinner. We're going to sit down. We're going to watch this. Is it like, like open world? Or yes. Yeah, you create or yeah, you create your own oh, okay. guy, your own. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it looks campus. really good. It looks really good. But we, might, is, play, we might have to do a play with that one. We'll That'd definitely so have to fun. do that. That and RoboCop. Robocop for sure we got to do. All right, I really what's next? I want to go watch the Hogwarts Christmas light show with Anne. Oh, God. you should, Have you guys been there and seen yeah, it? Yeah, I it's cried August. the first time I saw it. What it's is that? Universal? I think yeah. about Christmas yeah, all the, the time, castle. Rob. Well, but are no, we no, you and you local will definitely have to, because we've yeah. had our annual passes. So you guys come with us yeah, anytime. Yeah. I think it'd be so fun. It would be. It is kind of odd living in Burbank, and then every once in a while you look up and you're just like, Hogwarts is basically in right. Burbank. It's really strange. It's right Driving there. on the freeway, yeah. and you're like, oh, the Eye of Mignon. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, the movie belt. Could Robert Meyer Burnett please say, Chris, you are receiving a phone call so that I may make him my ringtone? Love the show. Goat Gopia. Okay, you ready, Rob? Yep, I'll give you two reads. Okay, three, two, one. Chris, you're receiving a phone call. Or how about this one? Chris, you're receiving a phone call. Urgency. Uh, Chris, you're receiving a phone call. Oh, he takes direction with a dream. All right, what's next? Jesus, Chris, answer (laughs) your phone. (laughs) I need that one. He's going to use that one. (laughs) That was Jonathan, though. Damn it. Seconds from disaster. Boobs. Sorry, I just wanted to see Rob's reaction. Bring on the Disney Plus. Bring on the dirty. Bring on the D Plus. Oh, yeah, bring on yeah, bring on the Disney. Bring on the dirty. What bring, on the dirty. Or bring on the D. Bring on just bring on, just bring bring on the D. Uh, it's funny. Bring on the double Ds. There we go. Bring on the D plus. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? I was actually I can do this all day. Boobs about five minutes ago. From Kevin Irving, who sends in a twenty dollars super you, chat. Kevin. Blue Beetle was shooting principal photography in a dangerous part of Puerto Rico. 
This resulted in a gang shootout, putting the cast and crew in danger. Everyone is safe. Could this affect the movie moving forward? Oh, I mean, whether or not it affects the movie going forward has everything to do about what the results of that were. I mean, I I just don't know. I mean, that's always... We've seen documentaries on movies that have been made in questionably safe Mm -hmm. environments where some crazy stuff has happened. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I I honestly don't know. I mean, maybe they have to move production to the volume. (laughs) The producer and me is thinking, I wonder if they got that on film and they can use it. In the <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what the producer well, thinks. And filming on location is always just such a crapshoot, too. I mean, we've done commercials in North Hollywood where all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's a whole bunch of people who should not be on this closed set, but yep. we're in a public park. So how do you control that? Yeah. Right. All right, what's next? From Edgar Magnum. I'm in. He, hmm? I'm in. Oh, thank you. Uh, percent chance we get Doctor Strange 3 before Secret Wars. Is there a three? Well, not announced, but that's um, there's a lot of gaps in that phase. It wasn't in the there's timeline. There's a lot of, no, but there was a lot of empty gaps in that phase. Oh, Six part of the right. timeline, right? It could have been spoiler. I'll go 40. I'll go 40 because, I mean, Doctor Strange is going to have to be, the way the MCU is set up, Doctor Strange is going to have to be pretty pivotal in that. And, I mean, Doctor Strange is a very pivotal character in Secret Wars itself. So I will go as high as 40%. What about you? Me too. I think, so. you know, the movie almost a billion dollars you're gonna to want to get another one of those out yeah you know. i take those numbers all right what's next from edgar magna any news on the new crow film <laughs> i'm not gonna believe that till the day comes out they have literally been through tom hiddleston is our new crow jason momoa is the new crow luke evans is the new crow bradley cooper was the new crow i mean they just went through over and over i and until this movie actually has a release date i'm not even gonna worry about it all right what's next from Andy, Greg Berlanti was very much supposed to kickstart a DC film universe, starting with Green Lantern back in 2011. Uh, coulda, shoulda, woulda, maybes. I mean, it just so... With that Green Lantern? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, what's next? Sorry. From man. Izante, for All Mankind, season finale was fantastic. P.S. JC does have nice arms. John Campion has nice arms. <laughs> and Jesus Christ. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, world. thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to season seeing season three of For All Mankind. All right, what's next? From Cara Black, I bet Superman and Lois gets more viewership on HBO Max than the CW. Maybe. I'd rather binge the whole season instead of waiting every week for one episode. This is funny. Like when I looked up the actual viewership numbers, like let's season eight of the flash, any guesses on the average number of viewers, each episode of the flash got in season eight, the average episode, what the average episode viewership was any guesses. Two million. Okay. The, two million. I, I don't know these numbers at all. I wouldn't even want to guess. Chris, Sorry. you got to guess. 1.5. 600,000. What? 0.6 million people watch per episode that was the average of season eight wow uh superman and lois is higher uh superman and lois i think was it averaged eight hundred thousand or nine hundred thousand but uh yeah just just a little bit of perspective just a little bit of perspective all right what's next from jai csc what post 2010 movie would you show to a time traveler from 1930 to show the brilliance of movies i i don't know post 20 avatar i I don't even know i I don't know what the i'm not good with dates transformers when Four. did the King's Speech come out? <laughs> oh. oh, that's a good, yeah, it's a good, good one. He'd be like, well, this is, looks just like my time. What's the difference? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, so I, 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 I don't know. I'll say King's Speech, but I'm not even sure what year it came out. So there's that. All right, I'm just going to troll him and show him all the worst movies. <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong. 
from Suthius. Snake eyes. <laughs> when my wife came to the States in 09, I asked her to recreate a movie scene for me. She never did, but I still love her anyways. Scene in question, Jamie, Lee's Cur- Jamie Lee Curtis's lap dance from True Lies. No. Oh, boy. Move more slowly. It's sexy. That scene is so great. That whole scene is so great. He's trying to play around with the tape recorder. It's like, again, my all-time favorite action film. True Lies is my all-time number one favorite action one. film. I love I that movie. That was the right kind of movie. Mm-hmm. I would have used another movie. Just me. Uh, I love that scene. <laughs> All right, what's next? Answer your phone. What movie would you use? Uh, Daniela Real. Hi, all. Thank you for all the new live content. Looking forward to seeing you more often. Super excited. Thank you so much, Daniela. Everybody thinks that until it happens. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how much you like more of us after you see more of us. But no, we're, we are really excited. And uh, let's see how it all goes. All right, wow. what's next? From Stubble McShave. I'm intrigued by Spielberg's upcoming The Fablemans. Is that the one about his mom? Yeah, yes. yes yeah, I, I mean, growing up. I've met his mother. Um, his mother served me lunch. It was it was back when I was doing the anniversary, and my entertainment lawyer um was like very much a stereotype. Um, he was like, I don't know what the proper terminology is, but Jewish gentleman wore the big black hat, the the side. I don't know what the, 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 the is that what the, but what's the yeah. actual curls in the hair? What is that called again? Oh, locks. Uh, I don't know, but he was, he was great. He was, he was a great lawyer. I love And he said, I'm going to take you, I'm going to take you to a place called uh, milk and honey. I'm like, all right. And I, what I didn't know was that it was Spielberg's mother's place. And I didn't know, I learned all this stuff. I, she was a world famous classical pianist, uh, all this kind of stuff. So like you go in there and they're playing her music and she, she came out. Like it was a pretty, I've never met Steven Spielberg, but I can say I met his mom. All right. What's next? From Andy Asola, uh, sending in a $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you, Andy. Andy. We don't even know whether most of the Ezra allegations are true or not. There's been a lot of conflicting reports. Apparently, Ezra has been in rehab since July. Firing Ezra and releasing the film should be the only option. Well, I mean, Ezra's, make no mistake, they, they fired Ezra. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's no doubt. Uh, as far as rumors, no, there are police reports. There are publicly available police reports so that, I mean, much of this is not rumor. A lot of it's also captured on film and on camera. Now, there have been some things like, oh, the house they were staying in, the house that Ezra had and what they were doing with other people. I mean, some of that stuff could be more questionable. I would have joined his Icelandic cult. Yeah, Icelandic cult. But a lot, again, a lot of stuff is in official police reports and actually videos. But you're right. I still think the number one, their best choice is just to release this film as soon as they're ready to release it. All right, what's next? From Dante Sarekia sending in a $50 super chat. Thank you, Dante. That's incredibly generous, man. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) Hey, Campia crew. I want to start off by saying how proud and happy I am for all of you. The direction this channel is headed couldn't be more exciting. Thank you. Thank you for all your hard work you put in every day. All the best and bring on the filthy. Well, thank you so much, Dante. And listen, look, we, we don't always succeed. But what we try to be here, at least we try is we try to be a place where we just get to celebrate the stuff we love. We, we get to talk about the things we love and we, we get to celebrate being fans. And we want people to be able to, like at any point during the day, uh, to be able to pop on one of our videos, hopefully even join us live, and just whatever crap is going on or it's a hard day or whatever, just come in and just, we can all just talk about and have a good time talking about the things we love. Especially in an era where some like online stuff about is just, their goal is just to destroy fandom and make it a 
more toxic, awful place to be. We try to make it something that is a fun thing to be a part of and to expand what we do into doing more after shows and, and things like that. That's what I'm hoping to be. And again, we don't always succeed. We don't. I know there's improvements we need to make. We need to get better, but uh, it's what we target to try to be. So I'm glad that you're here for it. And thank you for the kind words, man. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? From my five head. If Giancarlo is going to be uh, really going to be Professor X, I call for his Magneto to be Vigo Mortensen. Hey, listen, uh, all I ever care about is get a really gifted performer in roles. That's all I care about. So if they announced Vigo Mortensen as Magneto, it was an Academy Award winning actor, one of the best, probably top 10 best actor in the world right now. Oh, hell yeah, I'd be off. That's that. great mm-hmm. casting, actually. Yeah. yeah, he was really good in um, 13 Lives. Oh, I didn't even know he was in 13. Yeah. Oh, no, of it's course I knew he was in 13 Lives. Yes, 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 yes. Really good. And Joe, Joel Edgerton as well. What's the one where he was the Russian mobster? Uh, Eastern Promises. Eastern yeah, Promises. Eastern Promises. David Cronenberg directed that. Oh, good Canadian kid. That movie's so good. That, the uh, the steam room change, bathroom change scene yeah. fight. It's like, it's such a visceral, oh, God, so good. All right, what's next? From John Keeley. Weekly Hero has returned. Wow. Have been missing my dedicated hero show so much. Very generous. And a $60 oh boy, super, super chat. Super chat. Thank you, John Keeley, for that. That much. Dang. Uh, and listen, yeah, I am very excited about the Weekly Hero coming back. It's it's one that we've wanted to do and return to for a long time. And uh, it's just one that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I love that Rob and Chris are going to be hosting it. Well, we uh, needed therapy. Yeah. Yes. And and I will probably, like, this whenever somebody marriage else isn't is going to fix itself. I will probably slip in there once in a while, but I, for these guys to do it, it's going to be really exciting. I'm super stoked for it. So I'm glad you're excited about it too. And again, thank you so much for supporting our channel on that level, man. Really I, appreciate that. I do want to point out that just a walk away, we do have a comic shop down there that we could utilize for that show too, if we need to. You know what I mean? Like get issues. How would we shoot a live show from the comic shop? No, 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 not comic shop, but I meant if there's a new issue. We need to go no, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For material. For material. It's just right I mean, there. We have, yeah. we have. We can go live right. on our phones. Yeah. That would not look good. <laughs> All right, what's next? We can do it from your Instagram that John doesn't follow. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. From a newest genocide. Hi, y'all. Have watched your? Uh, have you watched the new She-Hulk feature at Marvel released with the Law and Order like opening? Had just the opening crack. Uh, just the opening cracked me up. Wow. If oh, we're great. talking about the one that I just mentioned. Yes, mm-hmm. and it was, and you're right. That is how every episode in the criminal order, justice something system. random, casual, and then boom! Ah, there's a body there. That used to be my text message, like the sound that. John Mulaney has a great bit, bit about it. How it's always somebody who's very invested in what they're doing, where it's like they're moving boxes, and is like, yeah, yeah I saw her. She seemed real sad. (laughs) 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 All right. What's next? From Josie Reviews. Bodies was fun, but the ending will determine how you feel about the money. Uh, Catch it on streaming. Fall is anxiety inducing. That is better than I thought it would have been. Catch it in theaters. I don't know what fall is. I think you should talk about that new movie. Yeah. Yeah, Bodies bodies, bodies, on that tower. What's fall? They're like stuck up on a radio tower. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bodies, bodies. It's, It's funny because I had heard... I had not seen Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I had heard good things, though. And then the day after I saw Easter Sunday, uh, my assistant Taylor, he had gone to see screening of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And where I was saying, I can't even say, I think Easter Sunday is the worst movie of the year. Taylor said, no, I think Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is the worst movie of the year. I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? I hadn't heard anything but good things about it. So I still haven't seen it myself, but I got to get up on that. Yeah, Fall All doesn't right. look incredibly great, but it does look like anxiety-inducing. You oh, should watch this. 
Yeah. Watching this. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Folly. Enjoyed last night's episode of Best Movie, Worst Movie. Is it fair to say that Christoph Waltz is Tarantino's most valuable performer? No, I, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, I, it's, I mean, it's hard to argue. Like what? what Sam Jackson. Yeah, over Sam yeah. Jackson. Sam Jack, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like Sam Jackson. That legacy. I mean, you're Pulp Fiction and all that. And he was so good in Django. Uh, but it's hard to argue with two Oscars. So I know. And really, like, what is, Inglorious Bastards is still great, but. Inglorious Bastards becomes Inglorious Bastards because of Christoph Waltz. So the way he played that character, you talked about on the show yesterday, just that opening scene. Oh. What he brought to that is, is just great. And and his Schultz in Django is so incredibly good. Um I I don't know, maybe he is. Maybe yeah, he I is. mean it's like it's Sam Jackson or or Christoph to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of I mean, two. The, the argument can be made either way. All right, what's next? From Zelda Master 702. So tomorrow is my 30th birthday. Happy birthday. And you've been a part of my life for at least the past 11 years. I look forward to listening every day and hopefully for many more years to come. You guys rock. Uh, thank you so Aww. much for that, Zelda Master. What a kind thing to say. And again, happy birthday to you. May you have a marvelous birthday and a marvelous triumphant year ahead of you. And we're really glad that you're here with us along for the ride, man. Appreciate that very much. And also, if you're turning 30, watch Logan's Run tomorrow. <laughs> yes, Ooh, that's, yeah. a, that's a very yep. key time to watch that movie. All right, what's next? From Alan Ling. Hey, John, do you think D23 will have any Disney Plus promos for its attendees? Back in 2019, they had the three-year plan yep. uh, for, from when it launched for $149.95. Includes tax. A promo would be nice. Was that 19 or 18? I can't remember now. But I, anyway, I was at that one. I remember they did a big promo for people who were there, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they will. I mean, it it seems like it would be a good thing to do. Especially with the different tiering. The yeah, with like maybe place. they'll announce like I'm really hoping they'll announce like what is this starting at uh ten ninety-nine? Like what does that mean? Now, if that just means like aside from the bundle, or does that mean Disney Plus itself will have different tiers? I mean, so I don't know. Hopefully we'll get some more clarity there. All right, what's next? From Aaron Epstein. I'm curious if WB would sell DC. How no. much would it be worth and who would purchase it in their current state? No, a thousand percent they're not. David Zaslav has been very clear. He believes that's the crown jewel they have. He believes DC is the main thing they have. That is their priority right now. So there is less than a zero chance that they're going to sell DC off. Not going to happen. At least not in any time in the near future. That is definitely not happening. And if they're talking about public, the, maybe just the comic book division, like literally selling off DC comics, I don't think they would do that either. Yeah, I don't think they would spin that off. There's, there's no need to. It's just, it's just a, a, a river source of material for yeah, them. So, absolutely. All right, what's next? From Edgar Magna, any horror graphic novel, Rex? Uh, was horror or just regular graphic? Yeah, horror graphic. Horror. Horror graphic That's why I looked to you. Um, yeah, I, looked to me. You know what? I just, I just read uh, the, uh, the Tomb of Dracula omnibuses, the old '70s Tomb of Dracula Marvel comics that Marv Wolfman wrote. I hadn't read those in a long time. I loved them. They were great. All right. I'm not. I'm actually but not really. In terms familiar of horror comics, you know what also is awesome, and, and people are gonna bitch if I say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. The Alan Moore Swamp Thing run that's been collected into the Absolute Edition. No, it's so good. They've been recolored. They are absolutely gorgeous. And revisiting that whole run, there's now three Swamp Thing Absolute Editions out. It's awesome. By the Imagine way. getting angry over Swamp Thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, people people get mad because it was recolored, but it's like it was newsprint in the first place. Right. Hey, yeah. 99% of our audience has no idea about any of that. That's true. <laughs> but I will say this. 
the newest episode of Harley Quinn that just came out yesterday. <laughs> Swamp Thing. Yeah. Oh, really? Best version yes. of Swamp Thing ever. <laughs> so, uh, I'm hyped. Yeah. Best line from Swamp Thing ever. I was just inside her. I mean, this, the, yeah, you never thought you'd hear that oh, line from boy. Swamp Thing, but it's there. Boy. All right. What's next? But we all always hoped. <laughs> uh, from Sorov Ahmed. Uh, just some support. Thank you so much. From Fredo. Fredo. Hello, Dank Nug Gang. Hello. Dank Nugs. John, tomorrow we got Cheeto versus Cruz. Who you got? You got Cheeto? Then we have UFC 280 uh, uh, Usman. Usman. Usman versus Edwards. Who you got for that fight? Usman, right now that now that uh, uh, Nurmagomedov is retired, Usman, I think, is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. I think he wins that, and I think he wins that rather easily. I'm going to go against the betting line on Cruz. I think Cruz wins that fight. Mm. Like I think everybody's so quick to count out Dominic Cruz, but I, I I think he wins that fight. And I think, I'm not saying he's going to capture the title again, but I think he's got another run at it in him. So mm. that's my guess. All right, what's next? A lot of support. Whoa, tons of support from Ostracized Child. Thank you so much, despite your trauma. Um, from Chic, we got a whole bunch of support there. And from V, we got, oh my gosh, a 12 and $24 super chat. Oh, just Thanks to be so supportive? Much. That's yeah. awesome. Thank v you so much, V's also the one who gifted the super chat. Yeah, yeah. The, super, the memberships you, to everybody. V's the MVP of the episode. So guys... Oh, yes. Well, yeah, we got one more that came in one earlier. More, okay. Johnny5619. I guess he's a San Diego big kid. Uh, Simi Lu was recently asked about the MCU. He says he's going to be busy for the next few years. Um, what projects do you think he'll pop up in? I think this is referring to Shang-Chi 2. Um, well, I mean, not only Shang-Chi 2, but like we talked the other day about the fact that don't expect him just to pop up next in Shang-Chi. Yeah. Captain Marvel, maybe? Yeah. Captain Marvel. Marvel is a very, very, I, I think that is the most logical one for, that we're going to see him pop up in. For me, I would love, even though he might be overpowered, for him to pop up in a lot of the street level shows like Echo, sure. Daredevil, mm -hmm. just because to bring some of that, those, that martial arts into those shows would be awesome. I think, but I, without the ring, there's two things about against that though. Right. Number one, you're right; it's, it's way overpowered for that. Like, the, there's there's nobody in those shows that poses any kind of a problem or a threat to Shang Chi. The second thing is that I don't think they're going to have him pop up in shows. I, I think he yeah. is on the theatrical side. I think I think you're right. I think the, the Marvels is the most logical thing for him to pop up in, even though because you and I still speculate there's a connection there. The next Eternals, which by the way, I think I, I, I think Patton Oswald let it slip. I think Eternals 2 is probably going to show up in that pre-Secret Wars thing. Could see Shang-Chi pop up in that. So and then of course Shang-Chi 2, but I think the Marvels is probably the most logical thing. We'll see. All right, guys. With that, that'll do it for today's episode and this week's worth of John Campia shows. Thank you guys so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for your support. Guys, we hope you have a fabulous weekend ahead of yourselves. Uh, sitting right next to me, of course, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you guys online? Uh, you can find me watching For All Mankind again, probably before Ray sees uh, it. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at RM Burnett. Find me on Twitter at Burnett RM or find me on my own YouTube channel, Post Geek Singularity. And right beside him, of course, Chris Carr. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at, at actor Chris Carr on socials, or you can follow my studio at Speak Friends Studio on Instagram. We're about to launch our website this weekend, too, so you can sign up for voiceover classes. Love the Lord of the Rings reference in your studio there. So oh, good. man. Friend. We have little axes for the dogs, too, in their dog bed. Ah! 
So great. And of great. course, sitting over here, Ray Orr. Ray, where can people find you? Uh, Ray Orr with a zero. I'm actually, I might go check out this movie, Fall. I just watched the trailer right now on mute. And it <laughs> looks good to me. Oh, man, Ray. Do you imagine just Ray talking during the whole movie? Like, oh, no. Oh, no, not that. Oh, uh, I swear, me. We, there's, there's got to be show ID in there of either Ray doing trailer reactions on mute or Ray full movie <laughs> reviews having watched the movie only on mute. I, 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 I think that. there's a show in there. I would movie watch reviews. the shit out of that mute content. Movie reviews. Mute movie review. There's some to that. And of course, Jonathan Voiko running the show today. Jonathan, where can people follow you? Preparing for all of this new content over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Sonic, if you want it, on Twitter. And of course, you guys can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter simply at John Campia. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. Thanks so much for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, dank nugs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>